We're, we're, we're starting this Lenten series called The Blessing. Uh, this series is based on the priestly blessing, what, what we just sang uh, from number six. And so I, I want us to just go ahead and kick off this series by reading in its, in it in its entirety, which we've basically just done several times. Uh, because each week we are going to be basing this series off of just a few words from the priestly blessing, just one small piece of it. Uh, so if you want to pull out your Bibles and tab numbers six, if, if you want to pull out your phone and highlight it on your Bible app, I would encourage you to do that because this, uh, this passage is going to be our guiding text for the next six weeks. Uh, and so we're going to go ahead and start by reading this. This is number six, 22 through 27. This is the priestly blessing. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Okay, so early on in, in the history of Israel, Moses instructed the nation on how to worship the Lord. And as a part of these instructions, Aaron and his sons, who were the priests, were given this blessing to speak over the people. This blessing was a way for God uh, to, to, quote unquote, put his name on the Israelites, to claim them, to bless them, to let them know that he was going to be with them through the many, many ups and downs that we see through the Old Testament. Well, for thousands of years since then, these words have remained as a crucial part of the faith. Even today, the priestly blessing is something that, that happens every week in synagogues across the world during the raising of hands. Many, many pastors use it as their benediction every week. Uh, and as you just saw, this is something that is referenced in many hymns and in modern uh, contemporary Christian music as well. Uh, the point being, it, it has stood the test of time. Because there is something really special about these words, something really powerful. They tell us about who God is. They tell us about who we are. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to, going to explore why this blessing has been such a cornerstone. And like I said, we're going to do that by, by breaking it up piece by piece. And so while we will be using scripture from all over the Bible for this series, uh, the priestly blessing is going to be kind of our overarching guide for this journey. And so today we are focusing on just the first four words. The Lord bless you. This is an important way for us to start because, well, our Lenten series is called The Blessing. Uh, but also I think it's important for us to start with because, honestly, there is a whole lot of confusion regarding that word, blessing. Uh, we say, bless you, when someone sneezes. We say, bless their heart in Texas when someone has done something that we think is dumb, but we want to be polite. <laughs> we sign our email, blessings, because we don't know what else to say. Uh, we say a blessing before we eat our dinner at night. But what does it all mean? What does it mean to be blessed? I think we get a picture of it in our scripture for today. Uh, our text uh, for today comes from 2 Corinthians. Now, I want you to remember, uh, Paul had a very up and down, a very tumultuous relationship with the church in Corinth. 
He had established this church. He had spent 18 months there putting it together. And he goes off to Ephesus to plant a new church. And he finds out very quickly that they have all sorts of problems. And, and so he writes this letter, 1 Corinthians, we call it, to address some of those issues. And he finds out not too long later that they have essentially rejected all of his advice. Everything he said, they, they are kind of perturbed by. And so Paul decides he's going to go see them. He's going to go in person to try and set things right. And all we really know is that that trip went very poorly. Paul refers to that trip as his painful visit. And after that visit, after that trip, his relationship with the church was severed for, for a while. Well, time went on and, and the church sort of realized their mistake. Some of the, the people who were bringing in bad theology, some of the troublemakers left. And the church decided they wanted to make up with Paul. And so that's the context for the entirety of the book of 2 Corinthians. It is mostly a letter of reconciliation. And so the first seven chapters of this letter focus on that. But then in chapter 8 and 9, Paul pivots to something else. He begins talking uh, about the need for the church in Corinth to support the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem, the church in Jerusalem. See, the church there had experienced a really significant famine, and many of the people had fallen into poverty because of this. Well, some of the other churches, like the Galatians and the Macedonians, they had been saving up to uh, give a relief gift to the church in Jerusalem. But the Corinthians hadn't been. Because of all the drama between them and Paul, uh, because of all the drama in their church, they hadn't been participating in the wider body of Christ. They had stopped giving. They had stopped being generous. They had stopped doing anything really outside their four walls. And so this is what Paul writes to them in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. It's just one verse for us tonight. Paul writes, God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. Okay, so the first thing that Paul points out to the church in Corinth is that they are a blessed people. And the same is true for all of us. No matter what your life looks like, no matter what you have going on right now, we are blessed. Every single one of us is blessed. All of us have things like the Corinthians that God has provided for us and continues to provide for us. And those are blessings. And if you're not sure if that's true, that means maybe you need to expand your understanding of what a blessing is. I think maybe all of us do. See, I think we've limited what it means to be blessed. We associate that word with money and status. And I partially blame the prosperity gospel for that. I've spoken about this. I've kind of railed against this many times before. But if you're not familiar with prosperity gospel, it is an unfortunately common theology in our culture that says if you do the right things and if you check the right boxes, then God will bless you with basically whatever you want. That's the right answer. You will prosper here on earth. You will find wealth and health and an easy life. But you know what, y'all? That is complete garbage. I mean, just think about the season of Lent that we're in. We spend 40 days remembering Jesus. And you know what? Of anyone to have ever lived, he got it the most right. He checked 
the most boxes. And yet, he was not wealthy. His life was not easy. In fact, he was ultimately betrayed by one of his closest friends and killed. And so this theology of prosperity uh, that has permeated American Christianity, it is broken. And we vehemently condemn it. But that doesn't mean that we throw the baby out with the bathwater. That doesn't mean that we don't believe God blesses us. It just means that we, we, we don't believe we dictate God's blessings. And it means that we believe that God's blessings come in far more forms than just the size of our bank accounts. Yes, for some of us, God has blessed us financially, and that's wonderful. But if we go deeper, God has blessed all of us with things far more beautiful than money. God has given us talents and passions and people, people in our lives who, who, who love us. You know, I was about at this point in writing my sermon yesterday uh, in this coffee shop when I saw an older gentleman walk in and he ordered a coffee and he sat down by himself and, and he sat there and he drank his coffee for a, a few minutes and I kind of thought, oh, poor guy. And about 20 minutes later, this woman came in and she had four little girls with her and none of them were older than maybe five or six years old. And as soon as those little girls walked through the door, they sprinted up to this older man and they started screaming, Papa, Papa. And they jumped in his lap and they hugged his neck. And I thought to myself, that guy's blessed. That guy has blessing in his life. Now, I don't know anything about him. I don't know anything about his financial situation. I don't know what he does for work or if he's retired. I don't know what car he drives. I don't know what, how his stock portfolio is doing. To be honest, I don't really fully know what a stock portfolio is. But I do know one thing about him. I know that he's blessed. And so as we think about what it means to be a blessed people over the next several weeks, I think we have to start by expanding the way we think about what blessing looks like, what it is. Like maybe you've just got a ton of laughter in your life. Or maybe you're really good at fixing things. Or maybe like the people you just saw, you were a very talented musician or an artist of some kind. Or maybe you're good with words, like the man whose life I've been reading about the last couple of weeks. I've been reading Jonathan Igg's new biography, King, about Martin Luther King Jr. And it is really great. I highly recommend it. It really is a fantastic book. Just gonna let y'all know, don't be surprised if you're gonna get quite a few Martin Luther King illustrations over the next few weeks. Uh, but I've been reading about all about uh, MLK, his family, his childhood. And from the time that he was just a boy, Martin was hungry for knowledge. And from the time that he was little, he was also really gifted with words. When he was four years old, he actually snuck into school with his sister, even though he was too young to start going yet. And it took uh, five or six months before the teacher realized that he had lied about his age. And she only figured it out because she overheard him bragging to his friends that his birthday cake was going to have five big old candles on it. Uh, 
But Martin loved to learn. And since childhood, he had this really impressive vocabulary that made him kind of stick out. You know, he was, he was this child that was using words with three syllables. And, and so when he got to high school, he was encouraged very quickly to join the debate team. And that's where he started to harness this blessing that God had given him. In fact, his junior year of high school, I found a lot of Martin Luther King pictures this week. Uh, junior year of high school, he won a public speaking competition. And people were just blown away at how articulate he was, how commanding his deep baritone voice was at such a young age. Like they could see that, that he just had something special, that he was made to do this. Now, of course, his life wasn't easy. He was a young black man at a time when the South was still deeply segregated, at a time when hate and racism still ran rampant in Georgia where he lived. But still, God blessed Martin Luther King with the undeniable gift of words. He wasn't wealthy. His father was really hard on him. His life was not always easy, but he was blessed. Or take the Apostle Paul, who wrote our scripture. He was blessed too. He just didn't have the gift that Martin Luther King did. In fact, the church in Corinth actually rejected Paul because he wasn't good with words. Part of why they complained about him so much was because they found him to be kind of a boring public speaker. They found him sort of unimpressive. Paul was poor, and he didn't dress well. And supposedly, when he would preach, people would kind of glaze over. But Paul was blessed in other ways. He was an incredible church planner. He was the greatest church planner of all time. He was blessed with the ability to create community wherever he went. God gave him the gift of knowing how to gather people together and send them off toward a common mission and ministry. And that is not an easy thing to do. That is undoubtedly a gift from God. See, we're all blessed differently, but we are all blessed God has provided for all of us. God continues, like he says in our scripture, to provide for all of us in the forms of talents and people and moments that fill our lives with love and, and joy. And here's the thing. Scripture tells us that, that God blesses us for a reason. But it's not because we've checked all the right boxes and it's not because God wants us to be wealthy and impressive. God blesses us so that we will use what he's given us to help others. We are blessed in order to be a blessing. That's really what Paul is getting at in our scripture. He reminds the church in Corinth uh, that they had been blessed. They were one of the wealthiest churches in the region. And he reminds them that that comes from God, that God had provided for them. He reminds them that they then need to be a blessing and provide for others, like the church in Jerusalem that was struggling. And this really is an important part of our theology of blessing. Jesus tells us that to whom much is given, what? Much is expected. And we see it in the book of Genesis. When God blesses Abraham, what does he say? He says, I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. 
God says, I'll bless you so that you will be a blessing to others. Point is, the witness of Scripture says we have to put our blessings to work. Like if you've been, if you've been blessed with love in your life, you can't take it for granted. You've got to try and love back well. And if you've been blessed with a really great job, you've got to try and do a really great job. If you've been blessed with a skill or an ability or some intangible thing, you've got to use it to glorify the God that gave it to you, that blessed you with it in the first place. See, I think Paul understood that. He knew what he was good at, and so he traveled around the ancient Near East sharing his blessing, establishing the early church, discipling people in the way of Jesus. He put his blessing to work. He put it into action. And so did Martin Luther King, although he almost didn't. One of the great turning points in MLK's life came after Rosa Parks was famously uh, arrested for refusing to give up her seat to a white man on a bus in Montgomery, Alabama. After she was arrested, MLK, who was only 26 years old at the time, received a call from Ed Nixon. Uh, Ed Nixon is is the man uh, there on the left. Uh, Ed called him and and asked Martin if he would be willing to host a large meeting of black ministers from the area. And he also asked Martin if he would consider being the face of and really leading a boycott of the bus system in Montgomery. And Martin Luther King, the, the civil rights legend, a man who is known for his bravery and conviction, responded and said, Brother Nixon, I don't know. Let me think about it. MLK almost said no. And it makes sense. He was the brand new pastor of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church. Uh, He was fresh out of seminary. In fact, he had only finished his schooling like five months prior to this happening. And again, he was young. He was only 26 years old at the time. And so you have to think that he was doubting himself a little, wondering if he was ready to take this all on. Like, how would this impact his ministry? How would this impact his day-to-day? How would it impact his family? Those are fair questions. But I think MLK knew that God had blessed him. God had blessed him with the ability to speak and to inspire and to use his words for the glory of God. And so after just a couple of days, he called Ed Nixon back and said, yes. And thank God he did because the Montgomery bus boycott was what launched MLK into the national spotlight. And from there, he was able to use the same blessing that God had given him to, uh, to ascend and to inspire and change an entire nation. His I Have a Dream speech is considered one of, if not the, most iconic and well-delivered speeches in the history of man. And if you've never watched it in its entirety, go do it during this Black History Month, please. It really is a masterpiece. It will give you chills, I promise you. See, God blessed MLK, and MLK used it to be a blessing to his country. We are blessed to be a blessing. 
we, we are called to share what God has given us with a world that needs what God has given us. That's what Paul wanted for the, for the Corinthians. They, they, they had disconnected from the rest of the early church. And Paul wanted them to re-engage by helping the church in Jerusalem that was struggling. He wanted them to use their many blessings, the many ways that God had provided, to bless their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, to make a difference for this church. And that, that call hasn't changed at all for us. It's the same. We are blessed not as a cosmic attaboy from God. We are blessed not so that we will have whatever we want, not so that we are guaranteed wealth and prosperity, not so that we can punch the button on the, the, the cosmic vending machine that is God. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed so that we can give better, so that we can help our neighbor. See, I believe that God blesses us on purpose, but I also believe that God blesses us with purpose. And you may think, well, Sam, I'm not Paul. <laughs> I'm not Martin Luther King Jr. And you're right, you're not. That's good. Because God has given you something special. God has a particular purpose for you. Something you are uniquely equipped for, blessed for. And if, if you want to know what it is, start by taking a step back and looking at your life and looking what God has given you, what he has blessed you with. And then once you see it, go out and share it. Be a blessing because that's what your blessing is for. I mean, can you imagine what the world would be like if Paul said no? What the world would be like if, if he didn't use the blessing that God had given them to establish the early church and spread the gospel. And can you imagine what the world and what our country would be like if Martin Luther King Jr. said no? What if he had called Ed Nixon back that day and said, sorry, too young, too busy, too new? Can you imagine what the world would be like if he didn't help lead our nation out of the Jim Crow era toward a new dawn of civil rights for black Americans? What would the world be like if these two men didn't use their blessing to be a blessing? And what will the world be like if you don't? Hallelujah. Amen. Will you pray with me? God, we want to say first and foremost tonight, thank you. Thank you for all of the many ways that you have blessed us. God, after a week where we've had Valentine's Day, we, we want to thank you for the romantic love in our lives, for our spouses. Or God, maybe tonight we want to thank you for the friendships, for the love that we have in people we can confide in and talk to and lean on. God, we want to thank you for the love that we find in the body of Christ in this room, for the church family that we have. God, we want to thank you for, for all, all of the skills and abilities and the passions, the fires that are within us. God, you have given us those things, and we don't want to take them for granted. 
Lord, over the course of this Lent, our prayer is that we would be a people who harness whatever it is you've given us for the good of our neighbor, for the good of your kingdom here on earth. Lord, our confession tonight is that we are a blessed people and that we want to go out and be a blessing to the world. So God, lead us to opportunities. Lead us to people and situations and moments where we can pour out whatever it is we have in us. Lord, help us during this Lenten season to be transformed and to also be the hands and feet of Christ in this world that transform. Lord, we pray big prayers and we pray them all in the name of our rock, our redeemer, and our savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.